0: Good morning. You're listening to net, and I'm Kemp Harr. This morning, my guest is Dave Nieberg, the CEO of Consolidated Flooring. Dave, how are you doing? I'm doing well, Kemp. How are you? I'm good. I mentioned uh, Consolidated Flooring. You've changed your name since the last time we did an interview to reflect this shift to more use of hard surface in the commercial business. So now it's called Consolidated Flooring, but it's a top five commercial contractor in the United States with offices in New York and Chicago, family-run, 80-year-old company, and you're the third-generation leader, right? That is
1: correct, Kemp, and I'm quite superstitious, and that's why it took us 79 years to change the name from Consolidated Carpet to Consolidated Flooring. (laughs) We've been a flooring contractor for all those 80 years. Over time, we diversify into different finishes and just felt that in our 79th year, it was a good time to finally change the name.
0: Yeah, and back in 2019, you expanded your operation and opened offices in Chicago, right?
1: That's correct,
0: Ken. We had good friends
1: out in that marketplace, and we decided it would be a good time, an opportune time to open up in in the second city, if you will. And we took advantage of a great opportunity and partnered with Randy Rich and Christy Burlingame and opened up an office out there. Didn't anticipate a pandemic would come three months after we opened up out there, but all in all, it's been a great move for us and a a, a great benefit to our growth overall.
0: Yeah. Most people know that in these big cities, the corporate workplace is a big part of the real estate out there. So, health health business.
1: Well, you hit the nail on the head there, you know, the corporate segment has been struggling in the two big urban markets. I just saw a recent article that said there are more bears in Chicago than bulls right now. That sort of gives you a sense of what the marketplace is feeling both in the Midwest and here in New York. Our business for the first 6-month period hit on all our marks. So we're thrilled with how, how we did in the first half, but we're cautiously optimistic about the second half. All our indicators that we traditionally rely on are not pointing upwards, but rather pointing downwards a bit. So we just need to work harder to make sure that, you know, we fulfill all our goals. And 2023 turns out to be a success. 2024, 2025, we'll have to see. But right now
0: we're weathering this marketplace pretty well. The sectors beyond corporate workplace that are performing for you, I guess, are what, healthcare and education primarily and multifamily?
1: Yeah, we're not as big into multifamily. We're putting our toe into it a little bit, but that's not a, a key component of our business. We are, after corporate, most focused on education, healthcare, and public space type work. So our marquee projects have been, over the past couple of years, airport work, convention center work, that type of thing. Our education segment is very strong, particularly out in the Midwest. We're working to grow that, uh, use that model and implement it here on the East Coast. So we're looking to that to be a a big driver of our growth over the next couple of years. And healthcare has been pretty steady. So we're happy with where we are positioned in that segment as well.
0: Yeah, you mentioned airports. I know you were awarded A lot of the work in LaGuardia.
1: We did do Terminal B project in LaGuardia. We did a good amount of work in the new Delta Terminal. So yeah, we've gotten a lion's share of that business out there. We're real happy with the way those projects have turned out. And now our focus is switching the other side of the city to JFK, where there's a tremendous amount of
0: development going on over there, which will probably hitting the marketplace in the next year or two. One of the reasons I wanted to talk to you today is going to Neocon, And by the way, I saw you there at an event. I was learning that while most of these commercial projects are specified, so designers designate what brand of product goes into a given project, the commercial contractor has a little bit more influence now than it's had in in many years. Some people call that discretionary purchases. Some people are saying that it might be as much as 30% of decisions to make for which brands going into a project. What do you say about that? Well,
1: I think today's marketplace presents a very unique opportunity for commercial contractors to reestablish themselves in front of the design community. I can tell you that our company, Consolidated, has always had a acute focus on that segment of the, the buyer portion of our market we've always invested in design type relationships We've always tried to be there for the A&D community in our markets to be not only a, a technical resource, but a resource to help them make decisions on their specifications that are best for the client. And that started way back in the mid-90s when we first got into the commercial sales arena during the distribution revolution. And I'm dating myself now, but you know when the manufacturers yeah. decided to go vertical, the design community was starved for service providers that could go in and show them multiple options and not just show them a product that they were captively representing. So we went into the A&D market very strong in the mid-90s, and we've never really come out. There have been ebb and flows to our influence in the marketplace. But I think in today's world, due to a few specific dynamics, the the contractor's opportunities in the A&D world are unique and can be a
0: real potential driver to growth. Okay. So what you're saying is is that you impact what brand goes in by working with A&D. When we go to market, I mean, we
1: go to a few different verticals, whether it be specifically to the end user who will be utilizing the space. We also go to A&D and we also do go through the general contractor builder component because that's where most of our billings do reside. When we see or hear of a specific project, we really have to cover it from a number of different decision points to maximize the potential for us getting
0: the work. Some people are saying that the A&D specifiers are a little bit more difficult to reach now because they're working from home, right?
1: They are sort of the last piece of the puzzle when it comes to a construction type of environment that are not fully back to work yet in the office type of environment. We've spoken to many of our designer clients at a principal level and find that to be a real challenge for them, getting their designers back to work. They've adapted to the flexible workspace. They influence the flexible workspace. So they like to work in the flexible workspace. I I think at at a principal level, there's a bit of frustration that they can't get everybody on board, but they also realize from a competitive level for them to hire and recruit these designers that they have to offer these flexible options. So they are not yet fully back engaged in the office place. And
0: design is one of those disciplines that works best in collaboration, which is best done when everyone's together, right?
1: That's certainly what principals and senior folks in the design community would be saying. But again, we're dealing with a different generation of a workforce right now, and they're much more experienced with technology and collaborating in a group environment digitally than we may be. So they are still resisting the push to come back to the office place full time. The designers that we work with are coming to the office place two, three days a week, but they're still not fully engaged like we are. We we are back to the office pretty much five days a week. We do allow certain flexibility to our workforce depending upon the position that they have. Our project managers who have to run job sites are in the market every day. Our operational people who run our warehouses and our logistics operations, they have to be in every day. We do offer some flexibility within our estimating group, our sales group, and our accounting group. But overall, I would say the majority of our workplace is fully staffed right now.
0: Okay, Dave. Didn't Consolidated Flooring win a design award? this year with the Starnet Awards?
1: We actually won two gold medals. Our work at LaGuardia was featured as a gold medal winner in the Hospitality and Public Space Division. And then we also had a planetarium project, the Adler Planetarium in Chicago, which was a single source award winner, which basically, to the point of our relationships with A&D, that category was focused on fully discretionary business that we work with the design field with to fully specify and execute a Project. So we won a gold medal in that category as well. We also took home a silver award and two bronzes. So we we had a very productive night at the Stornet Design Awards. Very proud of our team that put those projects together.
0: All right, great. It's good to talk to you again. Been talking to Dave Meberg, the CEO with Consolidated Flooring, and you've been listening to Kempar and FloorDaily.net.